Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I sit down with Rosie Acosta. Sapphire training helps the on-the-go woman feel more energetic, find her inner peace, and become more powerful by creating a fitness lifestyle she loves. All right, so a little about Rosie. Rosie is a yoga and meditation teacher. Uh, she also trains teachers, as well as works with many different athletes, um, NBA all-stars, at-risk youth, Afghanistan vets, um, Olympic athletes. So she works with a lot of different people. Um, I had such a great time and great conversation with Rosie today. So we actually met, um, which I talk about a little bit, uh, at Lori Harder's Bliss Project, and we connected there. And we really got to further our conversation today. And so I hope you guys enjoy. We talk yoga. We talk, um, you know, being present in our lives as well as we dip our toes into Ayurveda. So I hope you guys enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I am so excited. I have Rosie here today with me. So how are you doing today, Rosie? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I've been listening to your podcast for a while now, and I'm really excited to be on. Yes. And that Rosie and I actually met at Lori Harder's Bliss Project this past, what, month? Month ago. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. It's been, oh, it's been a month. I can't <laughs> even believe it. I know. Likewise. So yes. Oh, it was so nice to meet you. And she's another yoga Ayurveda person. So I'm super excited to have her on and chat about that. Yes, I, it's my world. I love it. And I was so, so, so excited to meet you and have another fellow yogi and Ayurveda fanatic mm, in our yes. little group. That was so great. Yes. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, Rosie, um, kind of how you got into yoga and that journey. Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm going to try and be as concise <laughs> as I can because, you know, I, I, when I tell the story, I always feel like it's a little too long-winded. So uh, I am a certified yoga teacher and I'm also a yoga teacher trainer. I am a holistic health coach. I'm also a certified nutritionist and I founded uh, my company or business called Radically Loved Yoga Health and Wellness. And I also host a podcast called Radically Loved Radio. So uh, part of what I do is, or my expertise is in helping my students cultivate a life of mindfulness and intention. And a lot of the work that I do is to help my students find a deeper connection within themselves and exploring uh, different ways of doing things, uh, allowing them to have uh, sustainable change in their lives and really to create a practice that's going to allow them to have their highest self shine. Right. So I am originally from East LA. I was a troubled teen that suffered from depression and anxiety. I was a emotional overeater and I, during high school was extremely overweight and depressed and had a lot of challenges just stemming from growing up in a really traumatic environment that was not very safe. Um, so utilizing all of those things, uh, coming to a pivotal moment in my life when I graduated high school and I was going through a breakup, right? Sometimes we need some really intense things to happen to propel us to the direction we need to go. I decided I wanted to get healthy. And uh, during this time, I had already been introduced to yoga and meditation. My mom was going to the Self-Realization Center in LA and she worked at the Children's Hospital down um, on Vermont in, in Hollywood, and 
I went with her a couple of times. And so I saw that there was different types of modalities and, and ways of getting healthy. And so uh, I connected with a friend of mine who was a yoga and meditation teacher and who also uh, was a fitness trainer and, you know, just really gave me advice and pointed me in the right direction on how to take control of my life because it was so out of control at that point and I, I didn't really know what to do. I was also on medication for anxiety, so there was like all these elements working against me, but internally I knew that there was something more and there was another another way of doing things, of getting well, you know, without relying on medication or relying on things that, you know, were outside of myself. And so, you know, it took a, a little while, maybe about a year or two, uh, I started to practice yoga and I started to work out. I ended up signing up for um, a marathon, which I know every time I even think about signing up for a marathon, like who does that? And I'll tell you, I didn't even like to run. Like I disliked running with a passion. Like I never ran. I was not an athletic. Well, I, I played volleyball when I was younger and like I did some ballet when I was like a child, but I never did sports. I was not a sports person. Uh, so running, I don't know why, maybe I chose the most like, you know, uh, sadistic, uh, you know, sadistic sport that I could find. And that's the one I decided to do. So I signed up to run the LA marathon and I trained, uh, for about eight months. And at the time my coach was also encouraging me to take yoga as a way to cross train. And so I'd been practicing for a few years at that point, uh, and utilizing that practice using running as like more of a meditation to get me healthy. Right. And so I ended up running the marathon and I ran it four times since that. Wow. Um, which I, I still don't know why. I still don't know why I didn't. Um, and during this time, uh, later on in my 20s, I uh, started to, not later on, this was earlier on in my 20s, I was working at a hair salon in West Hollywood that I was managing. And I was going to college full time. I was working full time. I just started dating my boyfriend. And again, I put myself in a really strenuous, stressful situation just as I was in my early teens. And again, I heavily leaned on the practice of yoga meditation to kind of get me through. Um, a few years after that, I decided that this practice was helping me so much and I could not figure out why. I couldn't figure out why. I had been going to different therapists. I had at this point gotten off medication and I was still kind of struggling with maintaining the balance in my life because I wanted to, you know, finish school and I wanted to be really successful at the career that I was doing. And I just couldn't figure out the balance. And so I decided that I needed to take a yoga teacher training because I felt that by taking a teacher training to just help me deepen my practice, it would, it would help, you know, it would help me be able to cope with these things and provide maybe a little bit more insight as to why this thing that I'm doing was really helping me. <laughs> and so, and I did. And uh, soon after I decided to go to nutrition school and get my nutrition certification, I got my holistic health coach certification and I decided that I wanted health and wellness to, to be my life, not just something that I was doing that I was really passionate about that was helping me 
gather tools to live, but just something that I wanted to just do and, and just have my whole life revolve around it. And, you know, after all that, you know, I'd lost a lot of weight and people would actually had a, uh, saw the transformation that I was having and that I had experienced and wanted to know how I did it. And so, you know, I utilized all of those tools to begin to help people. And uh, from that, I quit my job at the salon and I started working for a health and wellness expert, uh, very famous, well-known uh, fitness uh, guru. And I learned, I learned a lot and it just continued to reinstate the fact that this is where I wanted to be. This is what I wanted to do. Not necessarily be an assistant for this person, but I wanted to be doing this. I wanted to bring yoga and meditation and health and wellness to people who needed it. In particular, the people that didn't have any hope or were dealing with depression or were dealing with anxiety and or dealing with PTSD. And so I did that for a couple of years, kind of on the side. And it came to the day where I realized that I was no longer in alignment with my current career and I needed to quit. And I quit at the most worst possible time uh, in our economy and decided I wanted to be a yoga teacher full time. And I did it. And, you know, it's, it's been the most incredible thing. I, I started with having one private client that was like a forced one because one of my, one of my dear friends had a, a friend that he owed money to and like made him take yoga classes for me. And it went from, you know, starting little by little and teaching my, you know, um, my boyfriend's brother and his girlfriend and then his friend. And then it started to get like more and more people in, in Laurel Canyon where I was living in LA at the time. And it just kept increasing. And then I started to teach more and then I started to teach more around town and it just continued to grow. And I, it went from, you know, teaching people I knew to teaching some highly influential people, some celebrities. And then it went from teaching celebrities to teaching athletes, from teaching athletes to teaching Afghan vets Mm -hmm. uh, and so on. Uh, I, I got really involved in a program in South Central LA teaching uh, at-risk youth, which is something I'm really passionate about now still. And I moved to Portland not soon after that and cultivated a community in Portland doing the same thing. And now I get to travel back and forth between LA and Portland, teaching yoga and meditation and doing what I love to do and getting to share it on my podcast. Um, the end. <laughs> no, I love that. And I, um, I want to go back to the yoga teacher training. Cause I think that's kind of a pivotal, um, moment, I think in your journey. And I think in many yeah. people's, cause that was something that I as well did just out of curiosity for myself mm. and then just learning so much more by doing that. Like, how did that change your life? Oh, wow. Yeah, that it was, it was huge because at the time, I, well, I had taken one, a teacher training at a, a really small yoga studio in Hollywood that is not there anymore, <laughs> but it was like a weekend. You get yoga teacher certified in a weekend, which, you know, obviously yeah. <laughs> you cannot. No. So when people always ask me how long I've been teaching, I'm like, well, legally, <laughs> <or> like, <laughs> 
<laughs> from my little weekend stint at my yoga teacher training. But I learned a lot even in that. But it, it took a few years after that for me to do my first teacher training. And I did my teacher training at YogaWorks. Uh, and it was the most incredible thing because I not only it was the perfect time just in my life, so much there was so much chaos and i just wanted to understand it more and it just really opened the door to things i i didn't even expect you know it was almost this thing where there was this haze around signing up for a teacher training i i knew i needed to do it i knew i wanted to do it i didn't fully understand exactly how i was going to find the things that i needed to find but i knew i would find them does that make sense oh yeah totally yeah, it was it was definitely um, a, a, a big big moment in my life as far as getting tools and understanding how the mind works and understanding how our bodies move in certain ways and you know just the different elements around us that affect us and how uh, you know a, a text like the Yoga Sutras is so insightful to achieve freedom, you know, really, I mean, that, that, so the Yoga Sutras is a philosophical text that we study, and it's, it's a very, it's almost like the heart of yoga, I would say. Um, definitely and, in depth. So yeah, if someone's going to pick it up, you definitely want someone yes. here to help you. <laughs> Please, you know, and it actually instructs you in the Yoga Sutras that you need, you should learn from a teacher, right? I mean, that's, yep. that's, it's so helpful to learn from, especially me being a yoga teacher trainer. I mean, this is like what I preach all day long, you know, get, get a teacher, find somebody that you aspire to be like, or somebody that you look up to, or somebody that's light is a little brighter than yours mm-hmm. so that they can give you um, some, some guidance. But yeah, I mean, the yoga sutras is basically a how to uh, get to a place of, of happiness, a sustainable joy and freedom. So that was was huge for me and still to this day it's it's everything it's everything I do it's it's the way I live my life it's how I work with my clients that's how I work with my students you know it's all about utilizing those those tools and those modalities to to achieve the life that that we want Mm. so what about the other lessons that you've learned from yoga in your life like what else have you just from your own practice or from teaching others uh, I've learned that life is challenging <laughs> and that yoga is not always easy. And most often our practice is more effective off the mat than on the mat. Can right? you expand on that more for someone who yeah. is not new to yoga? Sure. I think that you know, being a yogi in a contained environment like a classroom on a mat is so much easier to be peaceful and one with your breath and totally content with the way things are going in this safe space. And you're able to experience, you know, your breath or to exercise patience and, you know, to practice acceptance, et cetera. You know, the, the mat is a microcosm of the macrocosm. Mm. And so when we get off the mat and go into the world, that's where the real yoga happens. And I think that that can be challenging because it's easy for us to be totally namaste in the studio and then leave and freak out the minute that somebody cuts us off on the freeway. Oh, yeah. You know? 
or like you're rushing to have you ever experienced being like having anxiety because you're going to be late to a yoga class (laughs) I never (laughs) you know what I mean I literally have I've turned around I'm like nope I'm going to be late I'm going to walk in meditation and I like just leave I'm like I can't do it (laughs) totally I've done the same exact thing where it's just I I can't do it it's just not going to (laughs) happen yeah so I think that that is, is a big part of understanding how a practice like yoga is something that's been time tested. I mean, it's been around for centuries, not modern yoga as we know it now, and even in the last 100 years. But I think the, the philosophy and the actual, uh, the root of, of what yoga is, and yoga is, is yug or yoke. It's the union between mind, body, spirit, or space. And it's, it's a connection that we have to have with all things, with everything. And so often we don't see the synchronicities outside of our ritual, you know, in our practice in a contained space. I think that it's important for us to be able to take these practices into the world where they, where they count. Not that it doesn't count on your mat in, in the studio or, or, you know, in your practice, but where it counts out in the world, how like how you treat people around you. How, how do you treat your relationships? How do you treat your kids? How do you treat your parents? How do you treat your siblings? How do you show up in the world, you know, in, in that way? So I think that for me, some of the biggest lessons have been taking my practice outside of the studio or off the mat and into the world and dealing with real life situations. I mean, I can totally relate. After my son was born, now it's been over a year, but I needed that. Like, as soon as I kind of could go back to yoga classes, I found that I needed that time to kind of reset and become me again. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. I was just so frantic and so like, and I'm not, I'm not typically an anxious person, but like post-birth, like you have so much hormones going on that I was just all over the place. And that was something that I found by going to yoga. Like I would go like, two times a week, which is all I could go at that time. So I'm like twice a week, anytime I could, I'm like, I'm going, I need to go to yoga. And my husband would even be like, you need to go to yoga. Cause he could tell like, <laughs> the difference after I came back. I was so much more involved. Yeah, no, totally. It's true. You know, we, we need, it's just for, for the people that are, you know, curious about yoga and curious about moving their bodies in in a certain way it it's not a religion you know it's definitely it's it's more about the connection that you find with yourself mm-hmm. it's it's the old to me in my opinion <laughs> it's the ultimate connection to yourself and i'm not talking the little s self i'm talking about the big s self mm-hmm. it's the ultimate connection to something that is so much bigger than than this physical this physical thing, you know, that this meat sack that we carry around, you know, that, that changes over time. That's, that's, you know, it's made out of the same thing as this earth is made out of. And at the end of the day, to live a life where you're fully connected to something bigger than yourself, all of a sudden the, the issues in our life seem so small and and a lot more manageable when we're in, in terms of, of that. Right. Oh, I totally agree. 
And I think finding that, I mean, it might not come your first yoga class. So I think that's something else is people sometimes are like, I didn't get what they were talking about, but I'm like, yeah, time. it takes like, it took me like a year before I found like the right studio, the right teacher. And then I'm like, okay, you know, and then I can kind of knew what I like and expand from there. <laughs> oh my goodness. It would to me, it took me two years to actually stay for Shavasana. Are you oh. kidding? Like it took me a while. <laughs> it I took love me it. a while. I would leave. I would totally, I was just talking about this with my teacher trainees this, this last weekend about how I would leave. I would totally leave. It's like class is over and it's time for Shavasana. And I, you know, I was in LA and I was, you know, working at a studio. I was doing things. I was at school and it, it just, there was a lot of stuff. I'm like, okay, great. It would give me more anxiety to lay in Shavasana. Uh, so Shavasana is corpse pose. It's the last final pose that you do in a yoga class. And I would just leave because it just would give me too much anxiety to just lay there. And I didn't understand. I'm like, what? I don't understand what the point is. Am I supposed to fall asleep? Because I got to go to work right now. <laughs> you guys, you know, and it wasn't until, you know, a few years later where I started to get it. And I was like, wow. Okay. So basically we practice to get to this point, to get to a point where it takes you right back to that place of peace where you can rejoice in the fruits of your practice. Mm, yes. Yeah. I, uh, I always stayed, I think in the beginning, I didn't really know what I was also doing there. I was just laying there like, all right, I got to do this for dinner. Then I got to do this still tonight. Then I have to go train a couple clients, you know, meanwhile around me. Cause at yeah. the time when I first started, it was a big box gym. So at those places, people are leaving left and right. So by the end of the class, sometimes there's like three of us left, you know, and we're like, all right, glad we stayed. You know, I felt bad for the instructor. So I always thought I should stay to the end, not really knowing why. Yeah, no, I totally oh. get it. So how do you bring kind of that presence into your daily life? So coming from the yoga mat and then bring it into like real life. I think I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> I love it. Honest no, answer. I think that with a lot of the things that I do, it just, it just comes out. I think that the way that I can be, more present in the world and be more connected is is really the way that I can utilize the practice and it's really the basis of what radically loved is you know so radically loved is the idea that we are completely supported and loved by god or presence or energy or a higher power of your understanding that you're held, you are supported, you are radically loved by an outside or inside force that is all encompassing. And so knowing that to me, the way that I like to bring my practice in or out of, of the studio or off the mat is by just being fully present it's the, it's the biggest gift that we can give any humans. And it's about connection. To me, I mean, my whole entire life is about connection. I'm always around people. I'm always talking to people. I'm always meeting new people. And, and I travel a lot. And so I try to be as present as I can. You know, I'm at an airport. I, I smile at people. I will strike up a conversation if somebody doesn't have their earphones on and is, has their face down in a phone. I try to not do that if I'm around people because we miss so much when our heads are down. Mm-hmm. You know, we miss so much when, when we got, we're too busy being busy. 
in the world. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm not saying I don't do that. I mean, that's again, part of being able to, to do a lot is as I'm constantly connecting. But to me, connecting on a human to human level, seeing the humanness in somebody else and connecting in, in the way of being fully 100% there with somebody is how I practice yoga outside. Mm, that is and awesome. Obviously, and, and obviously also not being a jerk to people. <laughs> that, that is also a good trait to have. <laughs> it's a good quality, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I definitely, I agree with that too, because I um, was on an airplane, well, I guess, to the Bliss Project and a woman next oh, to me. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't usually put my earbuds in because I don't do the Wi-Fi. I have no idea how that works. So I just sit there and read <laughs> magazine and read a book. <laughs> So I'm like flipping through a magazine and the woman was like, oh my gosh. And I had like a strong magazine. And so we started chatting because she was like, you lift weights. And I was like, yeah. So then we were, you know, had the whole conversation, like the entire flight, which was like a three hour flight. And then like yeah. my husband was sharing, like he had made homemade beef jerky with me. And I was just like, this is, this would sort have of never happened. Like if I, like I wasn't open to this or if I would have had headphones in and, you know, shot it down right away. But I was like, I'm game for chatting. Yeah. And I think sometimes we miss those moments in our lives. Oh, we totally and we and you and you we can miss really great people. Yeah. Like I was in Idaho earlier this year in Boise earlier this year and I I was getting picked up at my hotel um by, you know, an Uber driver and my rule on in Uber is I I'm never on my phone. I try to make conversation or or I'm just quiet. You know, I'm just and looking outside the the car door, the car window. But this one particular day I was getting picked up and there was a couple of, there was some pretty big things happening, uh, uh, with at home, you know, with my family, a couple of situations were going on at the same time. It was just kind of one of those mornings where you got like three strings of bad news. And I was just like really overwhelmed. And I was just trying to get home. And I I was on the phone in the lobby when he got there and he came in and he grabbed my bag and I, and I didn't look up. Normally I will look up and I'll say hello and not be rude, but I just kept my head down looking on the phone and he got the idea that I didn't want to engage with, with him at all. You know, I, I kind of, I felt that in that moment, you know, I was looking at my phone, I was like not engaging and, you know, he asked me how my day was and I was like, it's great, you know, and then I got in the car and then I put my phone down and then I just realized, I'm like, wow, that was so rude. <laughs> like that was so uncalled for and mm-hmm. so rude. Like he just came in, helped me with my bag. He didn't have to come into the lobby and I totally kind of disregarded him. Mm-hmm. And I got in the car and I, and I was still responding to, you know, one of my uh, family members and I put the phone away. And I'm like, it's a, tw- it's a 25 minute drive to the airport. I can sit here and not engage. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I started chatting with them. I, and I apologize. I said, you know, I'm really sorry. I didn't say hello earlier. I was in the middle of sending. He's like, no, no, no problem. It's all good. Like, don't, he was so sweet. You know, he's like, don't even worry about it. He's like, people are busy, you know? And I'm like, yeah, but that's the problem. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we went into this hole in 25 minutes. This man literally I, like changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> he was the most philosophical, just happy man. And he ended up telling me he was like one of the first inventors of those, uh, 
plant, what are those boxes called? I can't remember now, but like those plant boxes that are uh, over above ground, you know, those um, wooden ones. Yep. I do know what you're talking about. What I don't called? know what they're plant called. Boxes. Okay. I'm sorry, yeah. guys. We'll get you the information. We are not we'll green put, thumbs, we'll put, clearly. We'll put, we'll put it in the show notes. Not a gardener, obviously. <laughs> Okay. But anyway, he was like one of the first people to invent, like get the patent for that. That's great. And, you know, he, he was from the East coast. He moved to Idaho. He's retired, a uh, sweet, sweet older man. And, um, he was giving me some beautiful advice on just how to be present and how every day is new and how he's always been a jovial, happy person. And, I was asking him, you know, I'm like, how, well, like, tell me the secret, like what, how, and why is it that now in this day and age, we are so unhappy. Our society is just, you know, there, there's so much unhappiness. There's so much turmoil and chaos in the world. And now, like, why is it, you know? Um, and he was just telling me how, uh, back when he was younger, you know, they had a different way of doing things and it was a lot easier to be a, po a positive person. And then he told me this thing that he used to watch when he was younger. Um, it was called The Strangest, the Strangest Secret and it's by Earl Nightingale. And he is like one of the first motivational speakers. And I'm, I want to say it's from like the 1920 or like not maybe not 1950s. It was the 1950s. And this was something that he would hear all the time as, as motivation. It was like the first, I would say he's probably a pioneer of self-development, mm. right? And wow. so I, I, I don't know that like, and he, we literally, we parked out, we we're right in front of the airport and we just kept on talking. <laughs> we, friended, we friended each other on Facebook ah. and it was just the best conversation you know, to me, and, and I'm sharing this because you never know who you're going to meet. Mm -hmm. And, and you know what? I needed to hear the words that he was telling me. I needed to hear, you know, how being present and being joyful and finding the positive things in his life helped him. Because in that moment, I was not in a great place. Mm -hmm. Had I just continued to engage in what was happening that I had no control of, I had zero control over what was happening back home, none. But in that moment, I put it away and I was able to just sit and listen to this stranger <laughs> that I had just met that was literally what I, I felt was giving me the, the keys to happiness. <laughs> and it was just the most beautiful thing. And to me, that just affirmed this idea of, engaging with our community or engaging with people or just being present and and not disconnecting and and practicing those things practicing patience and practicing giving somebody your ear or giving somebody your love or giving somebody your kindness or giving somebody your attention you know to me that's yoga you know that's what yoga is mm, yes so when you do, like when you go on a, you know, an airplane or you're in the Uber, do you put like intentions around that? Or is this kind of an organic experience that you're having? Um, do you start your day with something in mind or you just kind of let it flow? Oh, in general, uh, I usually have a, a intention daily to just make the most out of this day. Mm -hmm. And to me, 
when I'm tra- especially when I'm traveling, you know, it's how do I make the most out of today? How am I going to make the most out of today? And not just, you know, with work things, mm-hmm. of course, you know, I want to get a lot of things done, but just how, how am I going to enjoy this, this sunrise today? Or how am I going to enjoy the sunset? How am I going to enjoy the flowers that are blooming today? How am I going to be present in my walk to downtown or, you know, the, those types of things when I'm getting in a car, like the Uber thing, get, I, I use a lot of Uber. <laughs> so I don't, I currently don't have a vehicle and I'm traveling a lot. So it's just kind of like my life and I'm really grateful for it. So it's, I'm just really intentional about it. it I, it's an, or, an organic experience that happens. And I'll tell you every time I get home and I tell Tori, my, my partner, how my experience and, and, you know, he's always like, who did you meet this time? <laughs> you know? and I'm like, Oh, I met Steve and Steve is working two jobs right now. And he has two kids and he drives twice a week, you know, and whatever the story of Steve is. And the thing is like it, and I love like just meeting people, calling them by their name and just asking them even how their day's going. The hard thing about being around somebody like me and, and you know, Lori Harder and mm-hmm. Lori's a dear friend of mine. And when we get together, we go straight for the, I'm like, we go straight for the jugular. <laughs> we go straight for like the intense questions, you know, like I'll get into the car and be like, what are you most grateful for in your life? <laughs> what are you excited about? Like what's happening in your life right now that you're really loving? And sometimes people get jarred. Like we don't get oh, asked yeah. that enough. Imagine if you got in the car and somebody was like, what are you most grateful for today? You know, you could probably answer it pretty quickly and be like, Oh, (laughs) I thought of that this morning, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Great. You know, but, but think about most people, we, we just don't engage in that way. Why, why don't we engage in that way? I think it's just, it's bizarre. I don't know. No, I've totally thought of that. Um, like even with some of my clients, so in Minnesota, we have like the Minnesota nice. And so I'm like, we're kind of, closed off. I think in that regard, like asking those questions, people would look at me like, I am not answering that. It is way too personal. So I'm always like, Uh, do I I ask those questions and then get the, okay, stay away from that girl the rest of the night because she (laughs) questions. I'm like, that's my kind of conundrum that I found myself in. I'm like, I'm totally super deep because these people are going to be scared off. Like how do you find that balance? Oh man. Yeah. No, I've had that happen several a time. (laughs) not saying it always works. You guys, it doesn't always work, but you know that to me, at least I, I gave it an attempt and perhaps that person takes something with them at at that moment. I feel like I'm giving that person my undivided attention and my love. And if, Mm -hmm. and if they're willing to accept it, great. If not, that's okay. As you know, it's, it's not, not a big deal. You know, I'm not going to get uncomfortable because somebody denies giving me a acknowledgement. It, it doesn't matter to me. I also, I don't want to make people uncomfortable and I'm also not probing, right? I'm not like, mm-hmm. what's going on? Where are you going? Where do you live? You know? Um, because I don't like that side yes. note. I mean, I, I, there's times where I don't necessarily want to go that deep and I don't want you to know exactly what I'm doing today because maybe I haven't figured it out and it's giving me anxiety, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so it's, it's important to be able to just, you know, read that, but also to be organic and true to, to who you are and, 
and what you're bringing into the world. You know, I think that sometimes just a smile and a nod is nice, you know, so giving somebody, acknowledging somebody's presence is, is sometimes more than they get throughout the day, you know? Yeah. Uh, that is very true. So that's what I hear from some of my, I have some clients um, in their 80s and 90s and they sometimes will say, oh, you're the first person I've talked to in about three days. So you're, those are the times yeah. where you're like, oh yeah, like making sure, like cause they'll go to church, but they said, hey, I go to church and I leave. I haven't said a word to anyone because no one's said, hey, or no one's reached out to say, do you want to have coffee with me? So I'm like, wow, that is yeah. such a good lesson for us just to reach out to those people because you just, you never know. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So I kind of want to talk about Ayurveda now before okay. we run out of time. So I want to know how oh, you got interested into it because I know in my yoga teacher training, um, you know, we just kind of sprinkled or dabbled in it just a little bit because it was a nine month program, but you still in nine months, you can only go so deep on topics. So it's something that I kind of was like, I want to learn more about. So that's what I've been studying now for the past year and a half is diving even deeper. Is that something that you kind of were also, you know, attracted to? Yeah, I'm, I mean, and look, by no means am I a certified Ayurvedic practitioner, you know, or like you are, I'm sure, you know, with all that knowledge, but learning, but, but learning. Yeah. But you've got a lot of knowledge and, and you know, a lot, you know, and so I, I'm just, I, it's the sister science to yoga, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's the science, Ayurveda is the science of life. And so it's a, it's a fundamental approach to well-being that allows you to reach your optimum unique state of balance for your whole being, body, mind, spirit. And so I really loved, because to me in the beginning when I first started to dabble with it a little bit, like I wanted to know all about the, the three constitutions, right? So in, I, in the world of Ayurveda, uh, there are three constitutional types. There's a vata, a pitta, and a kapha. And uh, I don't, I don't know that I want to go into detail and explain them all, but uh, no, I have before, so don't worry. Oh, you have it before. Okay, yep. good, perfect. So great. So everybody knows that. And so I, I saw it really akin to like, I was always interested in knowing my horoscope, and I wanted to know all about like all of, you know, my numerology and those types of things. So not that this is exactly like that. It's not like that at all, actually, but I wanted to just learn about my constitution. Mm -hmm. And so I went to visit an Ayurvedic uh, doctor in LA, like one of the, one of the best ones in Los Angeles. And, you know, he, it was, it's very traditional. He's from India. He's been studying his, his father before him was an Ayurvedic doctor, his father before him. I mean, just lineage of Ayurvedic doctors. And he, you know, I'm a, a Pitta Vata, right? So dual dosha, which is so confusing. Even still years later, I'm still trying to figure it out um, because half the year I feel like I'm more one and the other half I'm more of the other and my body reacts and weird things with weird things at different times. And so it's, it's always interesting, but I really, which is every, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, I really like being able to use herbs and supplements to enhance my health, especially with, you know, I've, I've uh, celiacs and I've got some food allergies and I've got weird things that, that I'm allergic to, like I'm allergic 
allergic to melon and honeydew and Mm -hmm. coconut oil. It's just kind of bizarre, right? So utilizing the tools of Ayurveda and learning more about my doshas and just my body's function, uh, it really allowed me to take hold of my health, right? Because it's not a one size fits all proposition, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's our ability to understand the unique nature of each person and each situation and taking into account the individual, the season, geography, and so on. And so I try to ascribe to mostly an Ayurvedic diet and an Ayurvedic lifestyle. I mean, I'm, I'm like traveling with my neti pot, you know, and <laughs> I'm, I've got my, my herbs and I use my ghee and it's just, you know, all the, all the things that I need to do. Um, you know, I've got my uh, herbal supplements that I get from Banyan Botanicals and I do uh, a Bianga massage on myself and Occasionally, I do a Panchakarma cleanse. Um, you know, so so for the most part, I I try really hard, but by no means am I an Ayurvedic uh, expert. So please no, I, don't think that. I'm like, please don't think that you are way more qualified. I'm like calling you for advice. I'm like, tell me what to do. I love that. I'm like, what do I do? Summer's coming. Help. I think that's kind of the biggest thing is playing around with like what works for you. Cause that was my biggest thing after yeah. kind of deep diving into it. I'm like, wow, these like early lighter dinners literally changed my life. Mm. Uh, like I cannot believe the biggest difference that's made for me. And like people are like, what? You just have super salad primarily for dinner and you eat before six. I'm like, yeah, usually yeah. it's four thirty or five. Yeah. And they're like, that's crazy. I could never do that. I'm like, but when you feel better, you start to notice, wow, this really feels like I have no ama in the morning and like things are just going better. You're like, okay, I can see why people are attracted to this lifestyle. Yeah. Your digestion is better. I mean, for me, like, again, you know, I go back to the traveling bit because it's kind of hard on your body, you know, when you're doing it so much, but I really, I wouldn't be doing as well as I am if it wasn't for those tools because you know having the same thing having an early dinner waking up in the morning doing my neti pot doing my meditation taking my supplements i don't ever get sick you know it was funny because i right yes i just got back from uh from thailand uh right before i saw you and i was in thailand and then i was in bali so i was gone for a month and I was coming back the day I had to go straight to a teacher training weekend that I was leading. So like I got there and 12 hours later I was on a flight to Portland from LA and I was like, wow, how am I going to do this? I kind of had a little bit of anxiety around it because that's just how my schedule was. It just was that way and there was no moving it. You know, I've got a contract and that's just, I have to do it, you know? So I'm just like, okay, Ayurveda, help me, you know? So (laughs) I looked up all the things that I needed to do and I did my massage and I, you know, went to, I slept on the airplane and I kind of, I broke it up so that I'm like, okay, I'm getting enough sleep here and, you know, I'm going to have my my dinner and I'm going to try and keep, not eat the airplane food. So I had some stuff that I brought with me and this side note for those of you that travel a lot, 
bring your own stuff. You can totally travel with like packets of oatmeal and nuts and seeds and you can find healthy things now anymore in the airport, right? Oh yeah. So um sometimes the food that they have on the on the airplane, they're like so salty and it's just like especially when on an international flight, they really just it's hard, you know? Um that's another podcast topic. But uh I lit I did all my things and I'm using air quotes right now. I did all my things and I got back and I told myself that I would not get jet lag. And I promise I did not get jet lag oh. the whole weekend. Like I, wow. I did my, my routine. I, I woke up the same time I do every day. I went to bed earlier while I was in Portland and it just, it did not, I don't remember what happened that weekend, <laughs> but I didn't have jet lag. <laughs> Like, wasn't jet lag didn't get sick didn't i wasn't jet lag didn't get sick that was it that was the goal that was the goal accomplished yes i love that (laughs) i think having those habits though that you can kind of fall back into and like okay this is what i'm gonna do like when i was in california i knew i was gonna be there i was staying an extra week so i was like i want to stay on my routine of my early lighter dinners and um you know my workouts i wanted to stay on that i wanted to do meditation still so it wouldn't be as painful when i come back to get like in a routine because you never really left that routine yeah that's exactly right and i really I mean, look, and you, you speak to a lot of that too, right? And it's, it's just, it's so important to be able to have that routine and to be able to have that, uh, that, that mental commitment and, and to know that you can, right? To just know that you have the ability to, to create healthy rituals and healthy routines and knowing your body well enough to know what's good and what doesn't, what's not good. Mm. Yes. So I, before we keep going on and on about all sorts of stuff, I better oh, no. start wrapping us up. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, sorry, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. I know. I'm like, I could keep asking. I'm like, oh, I have so many questions <laughs> I would ask. I was like, I better not. <laughs> so I want to know about your um, Live Be Yoga Tour. So that's oh, why you're always yay. traveling, right? Yeah. So this is actually currently, I don't know when this is going to air, but a um, couple weeks. Okay, so so I don't actually know where I'm going to be, but I'm going to be somewhere in the United States. And well, currently right now I'm in Colorado and we're we're getting ready now. Um we've been in this like training to to go uh, my friend Brant Williams and I are going to do a 6-month 22 cities yoga tour for Yoga Journal and it kicks off uh, April 21st weekend at the Yoga Journal live conference. And uh, we kick off there and then we drive to 22 cities, six months. We spend a week in each city and we're going to create city guides for each city, uh, exposing the best coffee shop, the best juice shop, going to local yoga studios and talking to yoga teachers or yogis out in the world that are creating change and that are living and being yoga. You know, there's, um, there's so many great teachers out in the world that are, you know, bringing programs to at-risk youth and, you know, teaching um, to, you know, bringing yoga to, to prisons, etc. So just we get to go and interview these, these teachers and we get to go experience, you know, 
these beautiful yoga studios and, you know, just explore the city and, and create these guides. And we're documenting the whole thing via social media. And um, so everybody will be involved. It'll be like everybody's coming on this tour with us and we're going to make our way from the East coast to the West coast. And it's going to take about six months. <laughs> wow. So are you going to be away from home for the entire time? Yeah. So we get, uh, we get four weeks off, but one of those weeks I'm actually leading a yoga retreat in, um, in Mexico. So that's one week off. That's not really off, but it's going to be exciting. And I'd already committed to it and it's going to be so much fun. And then, um, I'm back home for, uh, three of those weeks sporadically at some point. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Are you coming to Minneapolis? No, we're not. I think I have to look to, I have to look at the calendar to see, um, what, what the closest we're coming to you. Probably Chicago. Um, Yeah. We're definitely going to be in Chicago. How close to Chicago are you? That's the next biggest city. So it's like an eight hour drive. Oh my goodness. (laughs) It'll be well worth the drive. You're going to come. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I know. I'll have to look at the dates and I'll see if I can make it work though. Yeah. Look at the dates, but we're going through, yeah, we were going through Chicago and then from Chicago, we, we go South. Um, we hit a couple of the Southern States, Louisiana, Texas, Florida, Georgia. We're going to be in Atlanta and, um, we travel through New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, uh, Nevada, then we go California, Oregon, Washington, and then we come back to Colorado and this is where we end the tour. Wow. So this is going to be an intense six months for you. Oh yeah. It's going to be pretty, pretty crazy, but really, really life-changing and fun. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine a better time for me to do this. I mean, you know, Tori and I have, 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 you know, been wanting to start a family. He's probably going to kill me that I'm like announcing this nationally <laughs> on your podcast or internationally. Um, so maybe we could cut this out. No, I'm just kidding. I'm like, just don't tell him, but we're, yeah, we're, um, so it's, it's nice, you know, to be able it's to good just, timing. Yeah. It's perfect timing to do this and, and to be able to travel and, you know, get to see some, some really great places and meet some really great people. And I think it's going to be fun. Mm, yes. No, I will definitely check out the dates and see if I can come visit because that would be, it sounds Oh, amazing. that would be so amazing to give you a big hug so I don't have to wait till next year, but I'm willing to wait. Yes. Oh, so then where can we connect with you online? Yes. So uh, I'm on, I love Instagram. That's my jam. I love being on there. I love, that's like my way I'm connected to my friends. So it's uh, at Rosie Acosta. So that's R-O-S-I-E-A-C-O-S-T-A. And on Twitter, Rosie Acosta. And uh, Facebook, it's uh, Radically Loved. It's just Radically Loved page. Um, if people want more information, they can go to my website, radicallyloved.com. And I've got a couple of meditation downloads on there. And uh, if people are interested in listening to my podcast, it's called Radically Loved Radio. I've got some really incredible guests on there you will be on there very soon so that's going to be amazing and yeah that's that's people can connect and um yeah send me questions and and typically probably direct message on instagram is is easiest i respond to every single thing so if 
people have questions or you want to learn more, just message me and, and I'll get back to you. Love it. So wrapping up, final two questions. What does peaceful okay. power mean to you? Oh, I love this question. <laughs> uh, peaceful power means to be able to be fully present in the midst of chaos. Mm. Mm. That is good. Yeah. I'm like, good. I had to let it soak in. I'm like, yes, that yeah, is that's good. That's nice. Yeah. Um, well then to wrap up, I like to give a weekly challenge to the listeners. What would you like that weekly challenge to be this week? Hmm. Well, I think that just it, going back to what we were talking about earlier and I'd like to challenge your listeners to just be present with somebody for a day. Just, it could be over coffee date or you're given, you're being picked up and, and taken somewhere or you're at the grocery store in line. Just put your phone away and just just watch, just be present, just see, see what you see. Mm. That's great advice. Is that a, is that a good challenge? That's really good advice and good advice if you're a parent as well, because sometimes that can be challenging to be present for your kids. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about that. I'm just like, I love, no, it's so good. I love listening to your podcast when you're talking about that and just your experiences with you know, your the challenges that you've gone through and stuff. And I just, I can't, I'm like already, I feel like I'm already a mom, right? Like listening. I'm like, oh my goodness, my kids are freaking me out and I don't even have them yet. Like they're like pulling at my leg. I'm like, ah. um, no, I, I really do. I love that. And I know you're doing some really beautiful things in the world and people really need this. And I'm so happy that there's a forum like this because I, even though I'm not a parent or you know, and I'm just speaking to that, but you give so much great information on fitness and, and nutrition and Ayurveda and all these things too. But I think for that, it's just, it's so nice to have somebody that's so real and so authentic and, and just so honest. So, so thank you for providing this forum. Mm, thank you. You're like making me blush over here. I know. <laughs> and please don't, don't cut this out. You better leave it. <laughs> I will, I'll have Tim, my podcast editor, you can leave this in. <laughs> okay, good. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> oh, Rosie, you're amazing. Um, I was such a pleasure to get to chat with you a little bit more in depth than we got to even at the Bliss Project. So oh, I had such a fun time tonight. Oh, good. Thank you so much. It was so great to be here. I'm so honored and I look forward to seeing you very soon. Yes. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power. Thank you so much for listening to the Peaceful Power podcast. And if you want more information about today's show, head on over to andreaclawson.com, where you can also find my free guide to working out for your body type. And if you haven't already, I would love it if you could rate and review the show over on iTunes and share it with any of your friends that you think would benefit from hearing the Peaceful Power message. Thanks again, and go out there and spread your peaceful power.